According to a Bloomberg article published a few weeks ago, the Senate has confirmed six district court nominees since reconvening after November 3rd. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, also wants to confirm Trump's two remaining circuit court picks. This breaks a 123-year tradition against voting on judicial nominees in a lame duck session. However, both parties have gotten rid of various norms over the last two decades when it comes to the courts. McConnell has prioritized district court nominees from red states for confirmation. Out of the 220 nominees that Trump has put forth over his four years, 10 of them were not qualified. Not qualified means they needed at least 12 years of experience, which they did not have. Out of those 10 who did not have at least 12 years of experience, eight of them were confirmed, two were not. Article three judges only require a majority within the Senate. Article three judges include the Supreme Court, the Appeals Court, and District Courts. It's those judges that often decide who sits on lower courts, like bankruptcy courts and magistrate courts. This is why the Senate races in Georgia matter. Everyone is familiar with the story of Breonna Taylor. If you are not, she was an EMT who was shot in her home by police who, according to her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, did not announce themselves before they came in with a no-knock search warrant. There is another story about a man called Andrew Scott, a white man in Florida who was shot by police. The backstory is the police were chasing a motorcycle and lost sight of it. They spotted it later in an apartment complex, and that's when they knocked on Andrew Scott's door. This was at 1.30 in the morning. Apparently, police did not identify themselves, and Andrew Scott answered the door with a gun in his hand. When he opened the door, the police saw the gun, and he was shot and killed by police. Andrew Scott was not riding the motorcycle. They basically knocked on a random person's door. The family sued the police, and eventually, when it got to Judge Ann Conway, it was tossed out in 2014. In her decision, Conway determined that Sylvester, the deputy, was legally justified to use deadly force because Scott was holding a gun and that the officer was thus entitled to immunity. Conway's decision was last later upheld by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. The court's ruling meant in effect that Scott gave up his Fourth Amendment rights when he exercised his Second Amendment rights. Your Fourth Amendment rights entitle you to no search and seizures without a warrant. I think it's amazing that exercising your Second Amendment rights automatically forfeits your Fourth Amendment rights. And that's a terrible opinion, but we'll see how that plays out in Florida. Reuters continues. Reuters revealed that federal appeals court have, in recent years, been granting qualified immunity at an increasing rate to cops sued for excessive force, even when the courts determine that police actually did use excessive force. Qualified immunity, the definition from Wikipedia, goes as follows. In the United States, qualified immunity is a legal principle that grants government officials performing discretionary functions immunity from civil suits unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated clearly established 
statutory, or constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known. Now, there are a few gun rights organizations that want to rein in the qualified immunity bit, but the NRA so far has been silent in regards to that. So again, qualified immunity means that certain people cannot be sued in court for doing their job unless you can clearly show they violated a constitutional right which they should know about. The issue of qualified immunity granted by the lower courts comes into focus when you look at the case of Trent Taylor. Taylor was an inmate that was forced to sleep in sewage at the John T. Montford Psychiatric Facility Unit in Lubbock, Texas. The officers were granted qualified immunity and legally protected by the 5th Circuit Court of Appeals. Thankfully, the Supreme Court eventually overturned the ruling, which is rare since they do not usually take up cases of qualified immunity. So if you're wondering why the Senate races in Georgia matter, it's the courts. Everyone is always so concerned about the Supreme Court, which I understand has a lot to do with many of the laws that everyone has to live under. But even in cases of the Supreme Court, you can typically get Congress to override those things. The primary issue is the lower courts. These are the cases that you're never going to see. These are the cases that even when they write about them in the newspaper or online or somewhere, you rarely ever see these types of cases because no one pays attention to the lower courts. It only takes a majority of the Senate. It's not even bicameral. It's just one house. The Senate needs to vote on these judges, these district court judges. So it's very important to take control of the Senate because that's the only way you're going to change the justice system in America. As of right now, even today, this article was written back in late October or early November, I can't remember. It's currently December, it's one month later. Even today, Congress has come back and they're pushing through as many court nominees as possible because they only have a few days left. They're not gonna do a stimulus, they're gonna push through courts. That's their primary focus, at least at the early part. Stimulus might come later. The Senate matters and who controls the Senate matters. So vote.